This episode contains adult themes and content, including the topic of suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Attorney 911, what's the address of your emergency? Uh, yes, I need the cops that... And an address? Yeah, apparently a guy just shot himself. You said a guy just shot himself? Yeah. And that that? Yeah. And that where you are? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Is he breathing at all? Yeah. No. Do you think he's beyond any help? Do you you want to try CPR? Uh, I'm... Somehow that in the back of my... Uh, okay. Okay, you're cutting out. Uh, hang on a second. Okay. Uh, 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 I can't even get turned over here. Please.
Today we're going to hear from Erica Lotz. She's the mother of Durante Martin. Durante died on April 25th of 2021 in Fredericktown, Missouri. The question is whether Durante took his own life or whether he was murdered. This case is as crazy as it gets. It captured the attention of national media outlets for a short period of time in 2021. Much of the coverage in the aftermath of Durante's death centered on the racial components. Durante was a black man, 19 years old, preparing to go to college on a football scholarship. He was a fun-loving person. Nothing in his history suggested he was any kind of hard drug user or dealer or anything like that. In fact, in Facebook images that I've seen recently, Durante was shown in photos of church youth group activities. Durante was found in the attic of a house that is owned by a white man named James Wade. Wade's house at one time had a Confederate flag flying outside. His Facebook feed showed racist memes and comments. Investigative reports show witnesses claim that Wade used the N-word, so a lot of the wide attention on this case centered on Wade's racist beliefs. NBC News reported that a witness told police that the homeowner, the media outlet did not mention him by name, approached the witness and asked whether he wanted to, quote, come out there and kill some N-word, unquote. Wade did pass a polygraph, but Erica explained some of that scenario, which we'll get into in the interview that's coming up. We don't really know that Durante's death was racially motivated. Durante's family, including Erica, have stated previously that they believe racial motivators were at play here, whether in the investigation or in the death itself. But I don't know. I don't know whether this death was tied to racism or drugs or exactly what happened. It's all very strange. Durante's mother Erica has her own theories and we'll get into those here in a few minutes. The bottom line is that Durante's death is suspicious and that's not just me saying that, it's a grand jury and a pathologist saying that. But before we dive into the interview, I want to kind of set the scene and give context. Durante was found with a gunshot wound to the head inside a closet with no floor, inside of an attic room of a house he'd never been to before or at least to anyone's knowledge. The house was owned by Wade, but at least two other people were living there. Durante went to high school in Park Hills, which is not far from Fredericktown, but he was living in St. Louis at the time. He was making plans with friends. He'd just gotten a stimulus check and had gone shopping for clothes and such. He'd just moved into a new house with his mom in the St. Louis area. In a few ways, Durante's case is similar to Timmy D's death, which we've also looked into. Durante, like Timmy, was living in the St. Louis area. Durante, like Timmy, found himself with people he didn't know that well from Fredericktown in an unfamiliar house outside the city limits. Durante, like Timmy, died under unusual circumstances. And both cases also have this in common. Both victims' mothers are left trying to investigate the cases themselves because they say law enforcement is not. In Durante's death, the case was quickly ruled a suicide by local officials, but Erica and other family members were not convinced. They hired a separate pathologist to do an autopsy, which came up with different results than the local coroner. Then a coroner's inquest was held, and the grand jury found the case to not be a suicide. 
Yet according to Erica, the highway patrol is telling her that they're going by the original ruling, based on the photos taken at the scene. The highway patrol so far has not responded to my inquiries, but it does have a problem here. Because when I did a public records request to Madison County for Durante's case file, the Madison County Sheriff's Department said the records were not available for public inspection because the case is open. Again, I'll state publicly that I welcome the Highway Patrol to respond, refute, or acknowledge these statements and accusations. As was the case with Timmy Dees and Barb Hall, Timmy's mother, I'm allowing room for misinterpretation. It's easy to see how emotion could cloud perception of what's being conveyed and said. I welcome clarification from law enforcement. But here we are again, a mom of a dead son trying to get answers, and authorities allegedly moving on and leaving unanswered questions, well, unanswered. I'm a curious person by nature. I'm a person who believes that bad guys need to be removed from society, not just for punitive sake, but for the safety of society as a whole. I believe that everyone, including suspects as well as victims and their families, deserve justice and deserve to have their rights protected. I think in order for all that to happen, our law enforcement and judicial system needs to be innately and almost obsessively curious when lives are lost. Each life taken by violence deserves answers. Their families deserve that. I'm not saying that every case can be solved or proven, but every case can be pursued and every family can be treated with respect. When testimony and stories just don't add up, well, it seems the public deserves curious and knowledgeable officers to genuinely pursue the truth for the safety and fairness for all. And so far, if what Erica tells us is accurate, it just doesn't seem like that's happening in Durante's case. If it's an open case, then work needs to be done. Again, Erica says detectives have already moved on ruled it a suicide. And if that's true, then the case needs to be closed and records should be open for public inspection. But I hope the case is open. I hope the Highway Patrol is still trying to pursue justice here. So far, we have no evidence that it is. So again, here we are, the mom of a dead child, reaching out to the Lawless Files to bring attention to her son's case. It's a devastating situation that we have Erica and her family, and Barbara Hall, Timmy D's mother, both investigating their own son's cases, because law enforcement seems unwilling to do so. I'm your host, Bob Miller. You're listening to The Lawless Files. That's why I don't like talking about it. Yeah, I'm so sorry. But I didn't get to receive the Ronte until May 8th. So May 17th. This funeral was on the 18th. I have, that's why I heard so much, because it's all right there playing. Plain as day on the 911 call, and I was going to tell you this because I'm trying to hold this stuff in. I have, I've had people in the music studio slow it down. Okay. At first, we thought she said, Oh my god, they shot him. But she says, Oh Michael, they shot him. Thanks for coming on with me, Erica. Appreciate it. I've been meaning to get up there and, and visit with you all. It's just I've had, I'm, 
basically got two jobs and my boys are in baseball on the weekend. So it's hard to, hard to break away, but, um, I really do hope we can get some, um, attention out there on this case. And in fact, I don't really, you know, I'd really like to dive into this one because what I've looked into is just, um, I don't know, it's pretty astounding. So let, um, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about what, how everything is going on in this case. Um, but first, um, Erica, um, um, can you just uh, start by just telling us a little bit about Durante, the, um, what he was like and what, you know, activities he was involved in, just kind of what his life was like um, before he was taken? Durante, he was a loving kid. He's a, he liked football. He enjoyed football, being with his friends and family and things like that. Um, he's just a lovable big kid, like I tell everybody. I mean, like I used to actually brag about having a 19-year-old who laid on the couch watching Disney Channel. So, oh. yeah. Um, so, so tell me about, you know, where was where was he living? Um, he was, was he living in Park Hills or up in St. Louis? Where was he? Uh, where was he living at the time? Well, we had just moved in the house um, in St. Louis, April 7th. Okay. I moved in, so um, he took the phone one break up. Okay. I moved, um, moved in that house April 7 um, of 2021 in Ferguson, Missouri. And on April the 17th, actually, um, one of his friends, Adam Rulo, had gotten out of jail. He was arrested for um, shooting somebody in, back that February. And Durante wanted to go down there. So I told him, no, he couldn't go because he had to have surgery on his hand. And they cast up his pinky finger and his ring finger. Those are the actual fingers that were broken in the bones down in that part. And that happened on the 23rd of April. Okay. Well, um, no, I'm sorry. On the 22nd of April. And on the 23rd of April, um, a friend of his, I hate to say a friend, but that's not what they are, but I hate saying that, but that's who picked him up. It was um, a guy, the driver was Eddie Leaks. And there was three other guys in the car um, with Eddie when they picked up Durante. And when he picked Durante up um, on the 23rd, of course, I didn't call and check up on him. I honestly didn't. He's 19, you know. And my mom says, well, did Durante leave yet? And I said, yeah, they should be headed there. They should actually be there. So, of course, later on that night, we hadn't talked to each other. So on the 24th. She asked me, had I talked to Durante yet? And I said, no, um, I haven't talked to Durante. I said, I was supposed to Walmart him some money, but he hasn't called for it. And she says, well, that's strange. She said, well, you know, he wants that money, baby. So she tried to call him. Um, there was still no answer. And all day to the 24th, no answer from Durante. On the 25th, um, we were still discussing that neither one of us had spoken to Durante. And while she was on a phone, another phone that she has, it rang. And when she answered it, is my nephew telling her that um, Jenny Christopher called him and told him Durante had been shot. And they did not know where he was. All they knew that Durante had been shot. When we tried to call the hospitals, 
I called looking for Durante, Jane Doe, John Doe. I know Jane Doe is a, uh, a woman, but I didn't care. I was, I was looking for all the above. Um, I could not locate Durante. Um, I told mom that we need to find him. Um, she called on her end. There was no luck. She called 911 dispatch and told them about a shooting that could have happened in St. Francis County. And they told her there was none in St. Francis County. Transferred her to the Madison County morgue. And they then there where she spoke with Colin Folis and he told her he had Durante Martin's body. Okay, so, so the, uh, let, let me let me rewind a little bit to catch up because you've been kind of coming in and out here. So um, you said it was your mom who got a call first, your mother? Yes. Okay. So she got a phone call and, and, and that was that, that was from somebody that Durante knew that said that he had gotten shot? Correct. Okay. And so you didn't know where he was. And so you start, you started uh, calling hospitals. Correct. Okay. All right. And so then uh, you called St. Francis County. And why did you why did you think about St. Francis County? Because that's where my mom lives in St. Francis County, and he's supposed to be going to her house. Okay, to pick up a car or pick up a payment or for some money or something. No, he he no. Um, I was supposed to send him money once he got there. He's supposed to let me know when he got there so I can know to when okay. to go to Walmart to give him money. But he never called. Okay. Okay, so he never called. You're getting, you know, you're already kind of worried about him. You get the, the phone call, and then you start making the, these calls. St. Francis County uh, says you may want to call Madison County. Is that what I'm understanding? Um, when she called um, the 911 dispatch, they told her there was no shooting in St. Francis County that night. And they dispatched transfer her over to Madison County. Got you. Okay. And they, the Madison County 911 dispatch transferred her over to Colin Polis's mortuary. Okay. Where Durante's body was. He wasn't at the hospital. He's at the morgue. Okay. Um, so this, how, that, I'm sorry you happened to relive all this. I appreciate you doing it. Um, so obviously that's a lot of uh, trauma to have to deal with. Um, you know, I'm the what are you starting to find that like I'm sure there's a million questions going through your mind. What what did you do? Well, at within that point? this time, um I asked them, can I um view Durante's body? They um I never got a chance to identify his body. They would not let me come down to the funeral home. Um I I oh god, that's why I don't like talking about it. Yeah, I'm so sorry. But I didn't get to receive the Ronte until May 18th. So May 17th. This funeral was on the 18th. And that was after um, Colin Folas. They embalmed him without my permission. Durante was already embalmed on the 26th. Colin Folas' funeral home was never to embalm Durante because they were not doing his funeral. Oh. Durante was already embalmed before we found him. Okay. Before he was ID. 
Um, don't. I hate talking about nothing. Then I got to skip it around because okay. everything okay. else in between is irrelevant. Um, Durante had 650 milligrams of methamphetamine in his body. Oh, let me back up. Okay. Well, um, when I talked to the cops at the funeral home, I asked them where did they pick Durante up. He told me he got him from Fredericktown out of a White House on the left-hand side. And I asked him, where was that house? He told me he could not tell me. All he could tell me was it was the White House on Highway Z on the left-hand side. Um, I tried to talk to the police department. I didn't talk to anybody. Nobody returned my calls until the 28th. And I asked him, where did they get Durante? He told me that my son had shot himself and he had found him in an attic of a closet inside a bedroom. I asked them what caliber gun it was. They told me they couldn't tell me it was still under investigation. I asked them, um, the only thing they could tell me was that Durante had been shot and he was dead. They couldn't tell me anything else. Well, they ruled his death as suicide by April the 27th and had posted it on social media that it was a suicide. say about May 20th um, I got a second autopsy where it ruled out um, suicide Durante was shot two to three um, feet from distance he did not have a muzzle imprint and there were no burn imprints from the fire the gun oh wow on his face um there's no evidence of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. On July 30th, there was a jury inquest held where they asked the jury members to rule um, because of Durante's death. Their four choices was suicide, death by violence, accidental death, and um, suicide, natural death. Death by accident. Did I say that one? Well, they ruled they ruled it death by violence. Okay. They ruled out suicide in which it opened up the case. Well, while the case was closed, I did request the case file of Durante. That was smart. They sent it they sent it to me. I received it on the twenty seventh. The jury inquest was held on July thirtieth which was three days after I received this case file, which the jury inquest forced them to open it back up. And they ruled it death by violence. This case file, within this case, these documents that I have that they used to rule this a suicide, 
none of the statements match. Like, if I wrote a statement for Missouri Highway Patrol, and then I turned and wrote a statement from Madison County, neither statement that I wrote matched. They're totally different. Um, on the 911 call, we all know James Wade called 911. Cody so J- Gideon made the statement. James Wade is the table. person. I'm sorry. James Wade is the, home, the, the homeowner. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cody Gideon, who was there, he told police that he gave Durante the gun with one bullet and no magazine for protection. And he is the one who called 911 and spoke to the 911 dispatch. That's on the paper that he said that, but recording James Wade called. It's four different people saying locations of James Wade. James Wade told Channel 5 News that he was fishing along with on the 911 call. He said he had just gotten home. Well, his daughter said that he was washing dishes. A guy named Michael Vaughn said he was sitting on the couch. Another guy said he was unclogging the toilet. So he's in four different locations at one time. The officer writes in the statement that James Wade, in the middle of this investigation before Durante's body was removed from the house, they allowed James Wade to go to sleep on the couch. He was asleep, so they could not ask him any questions. But he's the one who made the 911 call, so we all know that he was alert and coherent enough that he should not have been sleeping. Well, Deputy Adams, no, wait, the police I, officer Wait, wait, says, wait, wait, let me, let me pause you on that. Is that written in the statements? The police, the yes, police sir. are just going to let all. somebody sleep during an investigation. I have it all. Yes, yes, sir. Before I tell you this, here's the kicker: from the time Deputy Adams arrived and from the time that they removed Durante's body was all of 45 minutes. Wow. I have that on paper. Also, I have, I have. That's why I hurt so much because it's all right there playing and playing this day on the 911 call. And I was going to tell you this because I'm tired of holding stuff in. I have, I've had people in the music studio slow it down. Okay. At first we thought she said, oh my God, they shot him. But she says, oh Michael, they shot him. Wow. So who's Michael? Can you tell us who's Vaughn? He's Michael Vaughn is one of the guys. He was at the house when Durante was shot. He's the one who makes in his statement. Um, they gave him to me on a, um, a USB uh-huh. and, a, and a disc. And the okay. thing about it is now, at first, when they thought it was going to be a suicide, they gave it to me on a USB, which was easier to mm-hmm. you know, get a hold to. But then once they ruled it a um, death by violence, they gave it to me on a CD-ROM. So it's much harder to get all that right. You know, people don't use those anymore. No, no. So, um, like, I can't, I, even though I know you, I don't know what you're on type of system, but 
Like, this is the hand that was cast up. They removed his cast. Okay. And this is where the pins was. This is his right hand. Okay. I'm, I'm look. I've just found that as I'm looking in this for that Michael Bond statement, and I'm not going to find it, you know, that because I'm looking real fast. Yeah, yeah. But he says that he was sitting on the couch um, with James Wade. And I don't know, I'm going to, I'm still going to send you these now. When um, Deputy Adams said that he arrived at the house with, um, they directed him upstairs where Durante was. He said that there was a gun in a pool of blood above his head. Uh-huh. You don't see a pool of blood, do you? Mm -hmm. It's a small spot of blood over here. Well, what is... I can't tell. What is this? Well, yeah, I know, I know it's black and white and then when... Yeah. Like right here in this spot, that's that's blood. That's yeah, the yeah. only spot of blood in this whole... Right, right. And um, he said that's where he removed the gun and took it back to the car to secure it and then returned back to the house to secure the premises. So they didn't get any photos of the gun before they secured it? No. No, sir. No, sir. And um, let me see if you can. Is there a lot? Are, are we the only two on this? Yeah. Video? Okay. Because I'm going to show you another picture, but my mom doesn't want me like putting on social media. Okay. Okay. But I'll show it to you if you if you can, you know, stand to see it. I don't want to just flash. Some, it's his it's, face. I, I, it's okay. I've seen I've seen okay. photos like that. I know you probably seen worse, but you know, I mean, okay. Now, okay. Just a little better. Okay. Okay. Now on this picture where he says that he had called where it's dried up and going to the opposite direction of his face. Mm -hmm. And where his eyes are swollen. Right. You see how white his lips are? Uh-huh. He could not have been dead, have just died on the 911 call. See that blood's already dried on his face? Yeah. If you had, if you, re within 45 minutes, you see the blood in his nose uh -huh. coming out of his nose? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is black and white. I could go in there and speak for the other ones. They're in color because I ended up putting them in color. Um, his shirt's dirty. Like, you can see the drag marks over his shirt. His pants are clean. His shoes, these were brand new when he walked out of the house. So you think about if you are not, if you haven't walked too much in your shoes and they're brand new, when they look like this, it's really hard for me to tell. But yeah, it looks like uh, they're not dirty. Yeah, I can't tell. Um, you said his shirt was dirty though, like he'd been dragged. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for that one now. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Because I really wasn't expecting, you know, to pull these out. So yeah, that's that's all right. It's not, not like it's organized. And I'm, I'm actually kind of throwing these everywhere, looking for what I'm looking for. And they say he was sitting in the closet. Can you see the top part of his shirt? 
What am I? Um, like around his chest, that or where? Yeah, the, I gotta go. I gotta find the other one. But you see, the whole shirt's that dirty. But the shorts and shoes are clean. Okay. Huh. Yeah, there's no other um, dirt on him. We're also where um, they told my mom that they had to put his um, name and he, a picture into the database um, of photo recognition. Okay. Well, Colin, um, Colin Follis writes on his autopsy report that he had a hospital band on his left arm. So again, why were we not notified when he was shot if you already had the hospital band on his arm because it already then ID'd him? Um... And they gave James Wade a polygraph test. The questions that they asked him was, did you shoot that man? On April 25th, 2021, did you shoot that man? James Wade answered no to both questions. And he passed the lie detector test. Those polygraph tests aren't uh, always the most accurate. Correct, but but those were the two questions that he would ask. That man could be anyone. Yeah. Here's the, here's the one I was talking. About. Oh yeah, I can tell. There. Yeah. Oof. And look at the left side of the room. There's no blood splatter whatsoever. Yeah, this, um, you know, just to kind of describe what I'm seeing there is the front of the shirt is like all dirty, you know? Yeah. And, and, and here's a picture where you can see the swelling where I was saying they fought him before they shot him. Hmm. See all the blood in his nose? Yeah. You see the blood in his mouth on his teeth? Um, yeah. Well, um, they also stated when they picked up Durante, rigor and mortars had already set in. Rick and mortars takes four hours for it to start setting in and up to eight hours before it fully sets in. Okay. Um, um, take me back a little bit. Um, you know, we've kind of gone through some physical evidence here, but, um, uh, so Fredericktown, this house is on Z it's, uh, uh, did you have any idea like why he was there, who he was with? Um, he went to the house with, um, he left. He was at a friend, um, I know the mom, now her kids or his friends, her, her name is Amy Barton. 
And like I said, I don't care about telling anybody's name. He was at Amy Barton's house. And she stated that he left from her house with Zachary Graham and Adam Rulo going to Fredericktown. And that was the last time Durante was seen alive from anyone in Park Hills. Well, when I spoke with Eddie Leakes in Caden Woods and asked them, where was Durante and why did they leave him out in Fredericktown? They said, because when Eddie, Eddie stated, he picked up Caden at 2.30 a.m. He asked Caden, where was Durante? He told, Caden he told, told um, Eddie that Durante had left with Zach and he did not know where he was. The time they got back to Park Hills, which was about 3.15, they got a call and said Durante was dead. Okay, so there's a lot to take in there. I'm going to back up just to slow this down so we can understand it. Because uh, so first of all, for people not familiar with this area, Park Hills is about how far from Fredericktown? About about an hour. About an hour. Okay. Approximately probably about ninety miles, if that. Okay, so that's where your your mother lives, right? My Park mother Hill. lives in Park Hills. Yes. Park, Park Hills. Okay, so. He's with friends in Park Hills. And who was it again who said that uh, Durante went? T tell me again. Andy Leaks. Amy and Barton. Okay. Stated that Durante was at her house um, with Adam Rulo and Zachary Graham visiting her son and daughter. Adam Rulo. with them. Okay. Adam Rulo and Zachary and Graham. Z Zachary Graham. Okay. Correct. Okay. And from there, they went to, they were going to Fredericktown. Okay. Do we to know? Zach's house. Okay. Zach's house. Zach, that's lives, Zach lives at the house where Durante was found. Okay. So he lives at the house owned by this Wade character. Correct. Okay. Do, do we know why they were going to this house? Zach lived there. Because Zach lived there. Okay. Correct. All right. So as far as we know, he was just going to go to Zach's house, crash there, and... Uh, uh, yes. Um, Zach, um, on his um, statement, well, the audio statement is kind of really horrifying because he says, well, it really doesn't matter if he shot him or not because he's just dead. If they found out that he's shot him five years ago from now, he's still just dead, right? Okay. Um, and they've um, they didn't put Zach's written statement in there because it's a um, a form out for his lawyer, um, so he doesn't have a written statement. But that is an audio um, statement that I um, heard that's on there. Okay. So did Zach live with this Wade guy who owned the house? Did they live live in the same they lived in the same Correct. house? Roommates or Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. So do you know how long Durante knew Zach? Um no, just for right. a few months actually, I believe. Okay. Because I hadn't I've never met Zach. And had never met Zach. 
or Adam, I knew Eddie and I knew Caden, the guys who picked him up from my house. I don't know anybody from Fredericktown. Okay. Okay, and the girls, the girl's name of the house that they were at before they left was again, who was that again? Amy? A Amy Barden. Amy Barden. Okay. Um, I guess she knows these guys. She knew Dronte. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, so just to kind of reset everything. Um, the initial investigation results in a quote unquote suicide. Then there's a coroner's inquest and they rule death by violence. Wasn't there, uh, you talked about, um, you got a, a separate pathologist involved with this to look at it, right? Correct. And um, he says, um, he as in Colin Follis states that the reason why her um, outcome was different from his is because he washed off the burn marks in the muzzle imprint. Well, there should be photos of it, right? I mean, you're well, gonna... you can't wash off a burn. Well, that's true. But the uh, powder marks, I mean, you would, as part of the autopsy, wouldn't you take a photo of that? Correct. And um, yeah, let me go back to that. Well, here's the photo of that. <laughs> I wasn't saying that because I needed to see the photo, just. Yeah, and, and then earlier uh, in the interview, you said that this guy did the embalming also, even though he wasn't doing the funeral? Correct. Okay. Um, did he explain why he did those things? And, and I think I asked you before we were cut off, um, did he not take photos that, that showed the... Uh, the powder and, and so forth if, if he's claiming this this is the photo that they took okay there's a clean shot there's no muzzle imprint and no burn marks okay but he the, says they're not there because he washed them off okay um i i just don't know how that makes sense correct I mean, first of all, you can't wash off an imprint. It's called an imprint. Yeah. And you can't wash off a burn. If you could, burn victims would do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, what did the, uh, so what was the name of the, uh, the expert that you got a hold of? Um, what was her and name? Jan Turner. She, Jan Turner. She's a forensic specialist out of um, SLU. Okay. Um, she's been in private practice for like 23 plus years. Okay, and she came to a different conclusion. Correct. What did she say when she saw that picture? Um, she she actually says that um, they tampered with the wound. It looked like they tried to glue it a little bit. And um, he was shot from two to three feet away. Okay. I'd like to talk to her. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to get a hold of her i haven't been successful so far but yes her name is um jan turner i'll um get her number and try to send it okay that would be good 
do you know how she came to that determination that the shot came from that far away? Um, there was no exit wound, first of all. Okay. Um, there was only an entry wound. And um, the evidence basically there that there was no um, imprint um, from the muzzle. Um, there was no um, backlash burns or anything like that. Okay. All right. Um, so is that at the point where you asked for a, a, an inquest? Or well, was we got it the jury inquest. Yes, we got the jury inquest um, was actually um, called for before um, I decided to get a second autopsy report. Okay. Um, the autopsy report just came before the jury. Okay. Okay. What other information is there that uh, points to this not being a suicide? What were some of the things that the, uh, the grand jury, the coroner's inquest grand jury, what did they hear? But they um they heard the nine one one call and the uh, medical um, examiners um not medical the um, paramedics were called um to the stand. They had the witnesses of the house that um also were called. So they heard some of the evidence where there some of these uh, reports were uh you know contradicting one another. Which you talked Correct. about you talked about earlier what was uh you said um so james wade was basically at four different places at the time of the murder yes yeah yes so he was fishing he was on the couch he was fixing a toilet what was the other one um fixing spit on the couch washing dishes and unclogging the toilet washing dishes so he was in four different places when the murder occurred and then the report says that he was asleep on the couch during the investigation correct i mean that that just makes i i, I can't make any sense of that and here's one from cody getting um just one, like I said, I have to go get all the rest of them. Um, upon questioning Gideon, he um, advised he had given Martin a pistol that I recovered earlier that day upon Martin's request. Gideon further advised he was at the residence in another room when he heard the shot and also stated Zachary Graham was in the room with Martin. Gideon stated Graham pleaded pleading with Martin not to harm himself repeatedly up until he heard the shot. Gideon stated Graham immediately ran right out of the room and the shot was heard after the shot was heard, crying, screaming, yelling, no, no, loudly. Let it be Graham um, left the residence before arrived. Okay, so that was coming that... from Deputy Adams and he's saying that um, that was the statement that he had got. Okay, so Deputy Adams talked to what was his name again of the person that gave that Cody statement? Gideon. Cody Gideon was in this house and he was saying that Zach, who we talked about earlier, was in the room with Durante 
supposedly upstairs in this attic in this closet and he's he's saying that he heard zach say don't hurt yourself and then he runs out of the room before there's a gunshot am i getting that right correct okay and then here's one um with an interview with carrie wade which is james wade's daughter um on Tuesday, April 27, 2021, I met with Kerry Wade at the sheriff's office. Wade had contacted the Madison County um, dispatch and advised that she would give a statement regarding her being at her father's residence, James Wade, at the night of Durante Martin's death. Wade stated Gideon um, William, which is um, known as Cody, advised Martin was in the closet in the room. She was in with the gun to his head. Gideon advised her to go downstairs. Gideon remind, uh, remained upstairs talking to Martin, trying to get the gun, get him to put the gun down. Gideon came downstairs and found Zachary Graham, who said that he was friends with Martin. Graham went upstairs to talk to Martin. Gideon and Wade went upstairs 15 minutes later to retrieve Wade's phone charger and heard the gunshot on her way downstairs. When the shot was sounded, Wade heard Graham scream, call 911. Wade told Graham um, that Wade was told that Graham provided the gun to Mark earlier that day. Say that last part That's again. two different statements. Yeah. Wade was told Graham provided the gun to Martin earlier that day. Okay. Already we have two different statements of where the gun came from. Okay. So this is Wade's daughter, Carrie Wade, Wade's daughter. Correct. Um, I guess is also living in this house. Correct. And she went upstairs into this attic room and uh the other the other person because was it Zach who said get out of here? Basically. Yes, um Cody. 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 Yeah. Cody tells her to get out of here. So she goes down the stairs and then she hears the shots. That's what she, that's what she is saying. Correct. Okay. But we've got a source, uh, a, a, another discrepancy of where the gun came from. Okay. Correct. Okay, this is coming from Deputy Adams. I made an entry to the home via the back porch, back porch entrance and continued through the rear door of the home, which was already open. I announced myself, I announced Sheriff's Office and Wade appeared around the corner stating he shot himself in the act. I asked Wade if there were any other occupants of the home and he showed me the location of the shooting. Wade pointed to the stairway. Wade and I made our way up the stairs, the end of the stairs, and immediately turned left and entered the upstairs bedroom. I advised Wade to stay back and changed into the bedroom with my gun going clearly to the room of any threats. Wade advised me of the door to my right that would open to the room of the victim and that he was in to the left. Upon entering the act space, I continue with my gun drawn clearly 
to the attic. I opened the door and noticed a black male on his back in the rear attic, later identified as Durante Martin. I made my way to Martin, having utilized the rafters for footing because there was no floor. But he was laying on the floor. While approaching Martin, I announced my presence with no response. As I walked closer to Martin, I observed a silver in color semi-automatic pistol directly reloaded his head. Um, sorry, I'm, let me. A silver in color semi-automatic pistol directly below his left hand with the muzzle pointed in the direction of his head in the pool of Martin's blood. I immediately secured the firearm and made it safe. The pistol was no longer loaded with bullets at the time I secured it. Okay, so uh, does anyone ever give any reason why Durante would be in this attic room where there's no floor and in this closet? Because he was in the closet, because he was crying, because he was in fear. That's why Cody gave him a gun to protect himself because he was scared that somebody was going to come to the party and fight him. Okay. Because he decided, now, he decided to try meth for the first time in which Colin Foley states that he had 650 milligrams of methamphetamine. Isn't isn't that two point five is a deadly dose? That's yeah. over dead. That's over dead. That's enough to kill two hundred and forty people. Yeah, that's what actually. I thought. Yeah, that's enough to kill two hundred and forty people. Okay. Um, and on Durante's death certificate, it even has death by suicide with significant condition of methamphetamine intoxication, which means he died twice. Okay. Um, yeah, so boy. Um, gosh. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had to, if there's that much meth in his system, if, if that's accurate. That test or whatever. I don't see how he would have lived through that. I guess he, he if he had that much meth in his system, he wouldn't have been able to shoot himself. Shoot himself. That's exactly what where I'm trying to go with that. Um, and like they said that um, he was sitting in the closet. He fell through the floor, picked himself out up out of the floor with a broken hand, sat down and shot himself. Well, you have so many discrepancies right there. First off, he's high under the influence of methamphetamine. He has a broken right arm. So he's high, but he pulls himself up out of the floor. And then he gets up, then he shoots himself in the left side of the head and he's right-handed with the cast on. Okay, so so which, which hand did he have surgery on? His right hand. Okay, so, but the, the wound was on the left side? Correct. Okay. And they said they tested his hands for um, GSR, 
but when they tested, well, his hands were never bagged. And of course you see the photos where they were never bagged. And they tested for GSR, but they couldn't send it in because the systems were down. Then they later said that two weeks later that they sent him in for a kit and he tested positive for GSR, but they also did not state which hand that they tested. It's no specific hand. They just said he tested positive. But then after that is another statement in there that says that he wasn't tested for GSR. Yeah, GSR, um, it, it, just, it just determines whether a gun was fired in the vicinity Correct. Uh, and since he was shot, he would have it on him. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how far those particles go. Um, I probably have to do some research on that. But if, if the shot was two or three feet away, I think particles could have ended up on his hands anyway. Um, yeah. And like they kept his clothes, his shoes. They didn't give me any of his property back. Okay. And we clearly see that none of it's damaged, so why didn't I give any of it back? I don't know. And considering that it was a suicide, as they ruled it as at first, you would think you got the clothes back because if he was pronounced dead on the scene, the paramedics didn't work on him, so they were not cut open or cut off of him. All right. Um, so what do we think happened here? Like, what's you know, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate too hard, but um, we have these Where discrepancies. Of, we, have, we have the discrepancies of the homeowner being in four different places. We have the homeowner's daughter giving a statement. Uh, we have this Zach character saying, "You know, well, he, he's dead. If he's dead, he's dead. What does it matter if he's shot?" Um, we have lethal dose of um, meth in his system he knew zach i guess but he's i don't know what do we what was going on here what? he was friends he he and adam were friends adam and zach are friends you know how i'll say oh, okay um me and abby are friends so hey mark you want to come over to my friend's abby's house with me so now you don't know Abby, but you know me. So now me and you're going over there. But guess what? You're at Abby's house, but you don't know Abby. Mm. But you only came because you were there with me. That's the type of situation it was. Okay. And so he's just at this house where he, he knows Zach, I guess, right? That's mm -hmm. it. That's yes. all he that's really all he knows there. Correct. And then it said that on the 24th. Um, Laney Wade had a um, party there. So it was more kids there at this house that night when Durante was shot. Okay. Who, who was, the, what was the uh, first name on that? Laney Wade. Laney Wade. Her party, her 18th birthday party. Okay. Is that another daughter of James Wade? Yes. Yes. Okay, so earlier that night there was a party there. He may have known some people there. Is it was he stuck there without a without a car kind of situation or well um that's well they left him um as far as well we know from what Eddie told me they couldn't find him because he was gone with Zach, so he didn't have a ride home. 
because they had his phone. They returned, Eddie Leaks returned Durante's phone back to me on the 25th with his text messages and his call log erased. Okay. Well, what did, did that show anything? He erased everything. There was nothing in there. Oh, he erased it. Okay. I didn't quite hear that. Wow. Correct. And oh. um, we did not find his wallet until a few months later where somebody actually had it um, at someone's house. And I, I'm just going to say someone because I know exactly who it is, but he's a minor. So I'm just saying, that's why I'm saying someone because I don't want to get in trouble for it. But he had it at somebody's house. And they called me and let me know um, was that Durante's wallet because ID was in there. So long story short, we ended up getting it through Farmington Police Department. But Durante had his wallet on his property. So if you were not around Durante at the time or at the house when he was shot, how did you get his wallet? Yeah. Uh, boy. Because that's something that he kept on him all the time was his ID because it's his driver's license. And like the, he felt like that was all he had was his driver's license and high school diploma because he earned those rights. I mean... Were you surprised by the uh, the report about the uh, the methamphetamine in his system? Like, did he have troubles with? Um... Durante's never used drugs in his life. He, Durante had a full ride scholarship for Minnesota State for playing football. Durante ranked third in the state for offensive and defensive tackle. Oh wow. Okay, so was he? He's never used like even on the autopsy report. They're stating that he had 650 milligrams of methamphetamine and saying that he's a drug user, but all his body organs were in remarkable condition. None of the condition of a drug user. I, I just, I don't know what to on say. On both autopsies. Yeah. I, I just... I, I don't mean to like get loud because certain parts just piss me off. I'll be all right. You're fine. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, this is so. I, I'm sure it's baffling to you, but as someone kind of jumping into this from the outside, it just none of this makes any sense of why why this happened. Um, no, it doesn't. And it's like when you're telling people, it's so confusing because it's some TV bullshit that they just live in real life, not just. Because you would not think that people would sit up and do this type of shit for real. Yeah. And just like it's a statement, and I mean, I can only say what I assume because this is what I assume. There's a statement from a, um, they said there's a girl there named Bobby Boone. Durante ran up to her and said, you set me up. You set me up. Well, everybody's trying to figure out how did Durante get mess? How did they get the mess in Durante? Because Jan Turner checked for puncture marks. There were no puncture marks on Durante. And I know drug specialists by far, but I Googled methamphetamine and dabs because Durante, I'm not going to lie, he did smoke weed. Mm -hmm. 
and I Google dabs. If you Google methamphetamine images and Google images of dabs, they are identical. So my conclusion and assumption is that Bobby Boone told Durante he was smoking dabs and she gave him meth. He freaked out and started fighting them and arguing with them. And there was a fight and they shot him because they could not control him. Well, that's my assumption, and that's what hurts even more. Makes as much sense as anything. But because just like I told people, every every story that you hear in small part is true. Now, what part you don't know, but every story there's a truth in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about. The drugs, and I know this. I mean, Google how can be your it, it just, friend, but then you can't believe Google. Yeah, it, it almost it almost seemed. You said there was no there were no puncture. I mean, I mean, she had no puncture marks. She tested checked to see if they you know stuck them up, shot them up. There were no puncture marks. I uh, I've heard of people you know making murders look like overdoses, you know, and giving certain cocktails or whatever, you know, um, uh, was there anything in his system besides the, the meth? A very small amount of THC. Okay. Well, all right. And, um, I guess, you know, like breakdowns from the medicines from his surgery the day before, because you may put you under anesthesia. But um, that was all. There was no, you know, like street drugs or anything or opioids or nothing like that. So where's the, uh, who's in charge of this investigation? You've got um, uh, Town where it happened. The, 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 actually, let me clear this up. Um, Town Police department is different from Madison County Sheriff's Department. There are two different police departments. Um, James Wade is located out in Madison County. Okay. Um, where Sheriff Katie is, is over Frederick County, which they have no jurisdiction out in Madison County. Right. Sheriff Katie will not allow them jurisdiction in Madison County. Okay. So they were never dispatched out. It's the Madison County and um, Missouri Highway Patrol. Okay. Right. And as of now, um, they tell us there's nobody working in that department of Troop E. Like the whole department is now missing. So is anyone, are, are you in contact with the Madison County? Like, are you getting updates or are they giving you information about how the case is progressing or is it um, just silence? No, Scott Stolting, Scott Stolting told me that he is not going to investigate this as a murder. He doesn't care what the Missouri, um, what the in, inquest said. 
Missouri Highway Patrol and its officers know exactly what they saw. They seen the pictures and they did their ruling off the pictures and they know it was a suicide. I need to accept the fact that my son shot himself. Okay, so that's coming now, from the I Highway Patrol? gave him the method Scott Sculpin, yes. Okay, I, I, Copeland, Scott Copeland? Told me if I find out who gave Scott Sculpin. Okay, can you spell that for me? S-T-O-E-L-I-N-G. Okay. S-T-O-E-L-I-N-G. Stolen, okay. 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 He says that um, I need to accept the fact that my son shot himself. If I find out who gave him the methamphetamine, he will arrest them for methamphetamine, but he will not arrest them for murder. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, what about Madison County? Uh, are they telling you the same thing? Madison County is telling me that I wanted it out of their hands. Missouri Highway Patrol is investigating. That's who I need to talk to. Okay, so it's going nowhere. Right now, it's going nowhere. Yep. Correct. Okay. It's like, like I tell people, although I know it's like people like you who reach out. And, you know, get the story heard and told them he's here. So it's like there's nobody, you know. But I honestly, when I say this, I'm not talking about the people who did it. But it just seems like that nobody gives me shit. And when I say that, I mean like the people of authority. Okay. I tried to call out to the attorney general and explain the situation to them. They told me that there was nothing that they could do. The police would have to ask them to step in. And I explained it about the police. They said the police would have to step in. There's nothing that they can do. Yeah, so really the only thing you can do right now is what you are doing, and that's getting the, the story out, getting the word out. Um, yeah, this it just it's just a weird – man, it's just so sad. I'm so sorry. Um just none of it makes any sense, you know? I mean, you have a, a thriving young man. He's got a football scholarship, you know? he's He goes to Park Hills, like, you know, sees a friend. Um, never did call you guys for – call you for the the payment. Yeah, or, I mean, like, anybody yeah. who knows Dante, if I told him I was giving him some money, he would call it. Yeah. Um, no indication at all that, that he was depressed or anything like that. Honestly, like I, my daughter's in his room now, but I could have picked him in the room. So I'm saying it just wouldn't stop him. And it's not a lot of money, but for a 19-year-old, that's a lot of money. He's 19, so he had just gotten a stimulus check of his own. The $1,500 stimulus, Durante got the whole check by himself because he was 19. I took him shopping. He had just got brand new PlayStation, brand new clothes and everything. He just moved into his house. He was walking around showing everybody a new house without any funds. He was making plans and even told his best friend that he can move in and he didn't have to pay bills here. Yeah, so he's making he's making so, plans. He's for a nineteen year old, he's doing fine. He's doing well. He's just, you know, he's high school graduate, getting you know, going oh, I don't know. It's, 
Okay. Well, we'll put the word out. We'll see, uh, see if we, you know, can shake anything loose, but, um, I really feel bad for you and, uh, I'll let you go here, Erica. I know it's been a, a man, I'm sorry. I mean, I know this brings up all those emotions that there's no getting around it. Um, but I appreciate you sharing this information with me and hopefully we can get the word out. A lot of people are behind you and want, and, and want to get some answers here. So hopefully we can get a megaphone on that and, you know, put some pressure on. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll talk later. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Right, As you can see, the Durante Martin case is baffling. We can't take everything that Erica says as gospel, God bless her, because she's not a forensic science expert. She's not a detective. For example, what she said about rigor mortis is within the, the spectrum of time that it takes to set in. But I found some references online that it could begin to set in in certain parts of the body in just two hours. And some of her conclusions about blood, I just, I just don't know. I don't know the science on that. Like a gunshot to the head can cause blood to come out your nose and mouth. And it can cause all sorts of bruising and swelling inside. So I'm not sure that those details are indicative that Durante was in a fight before he was shot. But certainly Erica brings up a lot of valuable information regarding her son's death contradicting stories about James Wade's whereabouts, for example. The different statements about where the gun came from. Those are big red flags in my mind. Why in the world was this scene cleared within 45 minutes? Why was Wade allowed to sleep on the couch during the investigation? Why was the gun removed before photos were taken? Why were the wounds cleaned? So many questions. Erica is trying, doing the best she can to find the truth about her son's death. She's not alone in thinking her boy was killed by someone else's hand. I still haven't wrapped my mind around all the details of this story, even after listening to this interview several times. And I know it must be confusing for you too. We jumped around quite a bit as Erica was thumbing through documents to show me on the camera. This is a case that I'll continue to follow and investigate as I can. We've already sent a public records request. But for now, for those listening, if you have information about this case, please send us a tip on our tip line at www.thelawlessfiles.com or send us a message through our Lawless Files Facebook page. For those who have just joined us in Season 2 of The Lawless Files, we encourage you to go back and listen to the first season that centers on the Michelle Lawless case out of Scott County, Missouri. If you'd like to support our work, you can subscribe to get early access and ad-free listening to future episodes, or you can donate on the website as well. Thank you as always for supporting The Lawless Files podcast. The Lawless Files is a production of Lead Hound Publishing, LLC. Thank you.